What's up? Welcome again, Dragons, to our Countdown to Covenant. This is part three, where we are discussing Alien vs. Predator, and then Alien vs. Predator, colon, Requiem. Rachel, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Kenny. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. It's a beautiful Sunday morning here in sunny Los Angeles. How's it in D.C.? It's hot and humid already. Great. Thanks, Global Warming. (laughs) <laughs> uh maybe we just need one of those bombs to go off that will cause like an arctic winter that obviously is what froze antarctica in alien vs predator i think that that's a great idea that's a good segue so what do you think of alien vs predator i actually really really enjoyed it um the, obviously there are things i would change but ultimately i was like this is super fun Like, it was just a fun, kind of goofy action movie. I completely agree with you. I, it is a fun movie. It's just, like, fun to watch. Um, I mean, of course, I have issues with it that we can get into, but, uh, but yeah, like, I I thought, you know, it doesn't take itself too seriously either. It's, like, intentionally over the top at some points and kind of ridiculous, but, like, that's the point, right? It's about the predators trying to fight aliens. Well, yeah, and it's it's for anyone who hasn't watched it, um, why not? It they they set it up whereas like the predators had come to Earth back, you know, in ancient civilizations and essentially taught them how to build these giant offerings to them so that as a rite of passage, young predators could come fight aliens. Is that kind of what you got from how they started? Yeah. Yeah. So like the whole concept is that the predators have been coming here to earth. Like they came, I think like the whole idea was like they came here because they thought we were like a, like a barren planet that they could just like use us. Right. Um, for their little rite of passage, you know, playground. And then, but then when they found civilizations here, they're like, well, this is fine too. We'll just use you guys as incubators. And that the predators were ultimately responsible for um, all the mysterious falls of various civilizations throughout the years. So if you're wondering what happened to the Mayans, predators. Damn those predators. Damn predators. I, the, the one thing I would have liked to have seen is how, And maybe, I don't know, maybe we'll get answers to this in Prometheus and Alien Covenant. Um, Is how did the Predators come across the Xenomorphs? Okay, so here's an important um, asterisk side note that you need to remember. So these movies really aren't part of the Alien or Predator canon. Um, So, And the biggest thing that, you know, you can't fit them in is the appearance of uh, Peter Wayland in this movie. Lance Henriksen as Peter Wayland. Yes. Um, so that is... Uh, so Prometheus completely rewrites that, essentially. Um, so these don't... Yeah, these aren't true canon stories. Um, so we don't really... We're never actually going to find out how the Predators encounter the Xenomorphs unless like, they do another movie somewhere. Which, please God, don't do another movie. Uh, I disagree. I think they could, I think if they just put me in charge, I could do it and I could do it well. Wow. I guess don't do another movie with people that don't know what they're doing. Let's say that. (laughs) Probably. Now, but see, I, okay, I haven't seen Prometheus, so obviously I don't know about all of that, but I think including Waylon and then in Requiem, Yutani, like, I do think that there are ways you could tie it in. I was, when I first saw it and they have Lance Henriksen as Waylon, I was like, dude, no, that's Bishop. We've already met him. Like, you can't do that. And then I realized, oh, wait, this is a prequel. Right. Right. It's like the whole concept being like, 
in theory, the Bishop model is modeled off of Peter Wayland, which is weird. Why would you do that? But whatever. Yeah. And which I think also means that if Bishop from Alien 3, the, the, the last Bishop, the, the one who's like, oh, I made this, he's actually got to be a robot as well. Oh, yeah. Well, I totally believe that anyway. Well, there you go. Yeah. So. But, okay. So I, what, what thing I'd really like about this movie, I, I do like, I like the setup of it. I like the story of it. I like the idea that, like, the predators come here to hunt the aliens. I don't like that in doing so, they kind of, like, dumb down the aliens. You know, like, the predators are clearly the more intelligent beings and... I don't, I mean, we know from past movies, the aliens are pretty smart. So I didn't, I don't like that they're kind of like diminished as being more like, not mindless drones, but, but clearly they're not as intelligent as the predators. Oh, I didn't get that at all. See, I get that vibe. I get that vibe that like the predators are the superior ones and like, I don't know. Well, I think that they're more self-aware like they're more cognizant of what they're doing they have more autonomy like i think that xenomorphs are just driven by kill and reproduce well right but but they're but they are also very smart yes and what what kind of got me seeing that they're very smart was there's a scene where gosh i can't remember Hold on one second. Let me let me refer to my notes. I don't know if it was Ewan Bremner's character, but at one point, the guy, this guy falls and he breaks his leg or whatever, and he's standing there and he sees a xenomorph in front of him, and then he starts to shoot at that one, but then one comes from the side. Yeah. And first, in my mind, I just thought, clever girl. (laughs) So it was very raptor-esque. And I think that kind of showed their intelligence. But also, if 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 we remember that they take on characteristics of their hosts, a lot of the xenomorphs in this movie spawned from essentially military grunts. True. True. And so they could be more attack focused and less, you know, planning focused xenomorphs. That's true. Um, that's uh, So one thing I, I, what are your thoughts on the aesthetics of this movie in terms of the design and like the, Images of the the alien because I, I didn't really I didn't love the aliens in this movie I thought like I I, ha- I haven't looked it up to see how much CGI they used but it just like I don't know didn't love it I'm actually going to give a point to Requiem which we'll get into later but I think that the aliens in Requiem look better than the aliens in this one um I didn't know like nothing I saw took me out of the movie okay that's fair I I was very I don't want to say invested, but I was committed to it throughout. And I was really excited that the uh, Ewan Bremner, he plays Graham Miller. I actually had to look up his IMDb after this movie because I was like, oh, he did do something between Trainspotting and Trainspotting 2. <laughs> and apparently he's like got so many like British credits that that yeah. just shows my, uh, you know, American ignorance about it. That's fair. Um, so let's actually, um, one thing I thought this movie does well, um, that Requiem doesn't, is I think that there is a good number of characters in this movie and a good number of characters that make it to a certain point. So like you actually care about them a little bit. Like, like I, like I like our heroine. She is a good, good, strong character. You know, she's clearly very badass. She's like, you know, you know, climbing a glacier or whatever when we first see her. I don't even know what she was doing. A mountain. She's climbing something. She's very tough. And we we got to know her character enough to actually care about her. And there are these few other, you know, like the archaeologist guy. He was pretty cool. Um, but you're not overwhelmed either. And, like, the pool gets weeded out so early that you just kind of, like, left with a couple main characters. And, of course, the predator that we're left with as well. Yes. 
And I, like, I feel that this wasn't really so much Alien vs. Predator, but Alien vs. Predator and Predator gets a buddy. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and I... I didn't like this when I first saw the movie. I remember being, like, really angry in the theater. Um, Like, why would the Predator ever team up with a human? But remember, these are young Predators. So they're basically, like, teenage Predators. So I think, like, this is not the same, like, toughness of the Predator we see battling Arnold in the original one. Yeah. Well, and if you think about it, and keep in mind, I'm, I'm going off of previous conversations between you and I, if the Predators are like this ultimate badass hunting race that glorifies the kill and the hunt, um, then they would have due respect for, you know, another champion. No, that's true. And I think also it was like just the same mentality that the humans had, which is the enemy of my enemy is my friend. So the Predator was probably like, all right, if she's willing to kill the aliens with me, that's cool. Yeah. Like, let's do this. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I appreciated that. I enjoyed it. There was one of the first scenes that just made me go, what the hell is going <laughs> on? Is when you first meet Lance Henriksen. Uh-huh. And he's introduced and he's talking to the team. And I was just like... Why the hell is he using a mic? <laughs> Everyone else has been communicating downstairs just fine. They haven't needed a microphone. Like, there's an echo. You can hear everybody just fine. Why do you have this mic on? Because Peter Whalen is a very dramatic man, Kenny. Apparently. Apparently. I was just um, like, this is dumb. So, I... You know, I... I like how, like, part of the... Well... The beginning is, like, a bit forced. I will say, oh, one fun fact, um, the ship, the icebreaker that they show at the beginning of the movie, like the very beginning, they, like, do a little uh, caption on screen that says the ship's name is the Piper Maru. That's an X-Files reference. Oh, that's very cool. Piper Maru is the name of a third season episode in the X-Files, which was originally named after Jillian Anderson's daughter, whose name is Piper Maru Anderson. Oh. Anyway. Um, but also, like, even, like, the initial setup, okay, so something's going on with this thing in Antarctica, and, like, Wayland makes some comment, like, I'm not the only one with satellites, but I was like, are you really the first person to notice this? Like, was the U.S. government not, like, <laughs> just not paying attention to that? Like, that's something, like, and also, I don't think they were as worried as they should have been, like, when this whole thing starts, right? Like, it's not just we found this, like, dormant temple in Antarctica, it's like, there are, there are heat signals coming from this thing. Like, that indicates that there are beings there. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, cool. Let's go look around it. I'm like, guys, come on. This is never going to end well. So, and one of my questions that I had is, well, yeah, hey, like, you go in with, like, eight people. That's dumb. Yeah. But they said it was a combination of temples from, like, Mayan, Cambodian... And Egyptian. Know, Egyptian. So is this the only xenomorph predator temple? Or is it are there others that have just previously been destroyed? So I think what we're supposed to take from it is what I took from it was that this was like the original one. That like they built that's why it has all the characteristics, like because all of these cultures stem from the predators, basically. Like all of the okay. building styles. And then for like for whatever reason they like branched out and made other locations in other parts of the world. Um and like the ones where the civilizations were wiped out, those are the ones that they had in nuke, basically. Okay. Interesting. Okay. I get it. So how did this like did this was this one always cold in Antarctica? Did they build it in the glacier or did they build it and then everything froze over on top of it? Excellent question. I don't know. <gasps> Rachel, but you're my xenomorph encyclopedia. I know, but I don't know that we ever get an answer to that. I think you're right, but still. I also don't like 
they drill into this thing and it's like perfectly encased and there's no like you'd think at some point that there would be snow like pretty much packed up against the entire building right yes you would think that but the but the in the interior of the building is completely intact yes but maybe that's because the heat signals just melted all the ice and created yeah. that. It was really cool. It's It was an interesting setting. I could have done it better, but you know what? I'm going to appreciate right, right. it for what it is. Right. Um, oh, yeah, actually, so we were talking about CGI. You know what scene doesn't work for me is actually the end where the Predator fights the Queen. Like, I thought the Queen looked really cheesy. Yeah, I can see that. I didn't love that. Didn't love the Queen? No, just the uh, design. I didn't like it. I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah, it was a little cheese. It was a little cheese. A little cheese. I will say one of the other scenes that really irritated me is, so our amazing heroine sets her timer for when this temple essentially shifts. Yes. And then at one point her alarm goes off and the guy's like, wait. And they stand there for like five, ten seconds. And then he's like, this way. And they keep walking in the direction they were originally walking. And I was like, because of that is why you guys almost got killed because of the moving temple. Right. Like, like if you're going to continue walking in the one direction you have available to you, like, don't stop. Just walk. Right. Right. Yeah. I I didn't get it. I was like, you're stupid. That wasn't the smartest move, no. I did write down, I was like, oh, look, the exposition scene. Oh, yeah. When they start explaining everything, because they just happen to enter a a room where all the hieroglyphics are explained. Yep, yep. That was, thanks, Predators. That's super helpful. Thanks for letting us know what's going on there. <laughs> right? And then they just happen to be the one guy who can read every freaking language. Yep, yep. Um, what do we think happens to her at the end? She's, like, kind of abandoned in Antarctica. Like, I don't... I'm worried about her. Well, she just gets back to the original boat. Is there anybody left on the boat to take her home? I think so. There had to have been a crew on the boat. Fair enough. Like, there's no reason the captain of that boat needs to be like, I'm not an explorer. I'm a captain. I did what I said I was gonna do. Right. That's fair. I also liked how... Actually, I wrote a note about this. So one thing that irritates me is that at the very beginning of the movie, when the team all meets, they're all assembled in Antarctica. Like, why don't you guys like meet in New York or something and like fly down together? But everyone's like, no, we're going to go hear Waylon's pitch in Antarctica. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe his thing was since uh, we're already here, we might as well just say yes. Which is pretty much kind of what happens with half the people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when when she teams up with the Predator and he makes her a little shield out of the Xenomorph skull and then a spear out of the tail, I was I thought that was really cute. Yeah, I like that. I was I like, like they're friends. And then I wrote down on my notes, Dream wor- <laughs> teamwork makes the dream work. <laughs> yeah. Best friends. Too bad that the Predator died. Very sad. It was very sad. I, like... I was emotionally invested in that Predator as a character. I know. He didn't uh, He didn't survive his rite of passage, unfortunately. I know, which is a super bummer. He probably could have if it wasn't for the damn humans. Yeah. None of them did. None of the Predators made it out. Very, well, the young Predators. Very sad. Yeah. And it was, it was, it was a little depressing. And I was, like, super excited that... I was like, oh, we're going to see a xenomorph predator. That's so cool. (laughs) And then you don't see it until the very, very end, and it's just a baby. And I was like, oh, this is crap. Yeah, so I, I, you know, I know now, obviously, because I've seen this movie enough times, I don't remember if the first time I watched it, if I put two and two together. Like, I remember that the facehugger attacks the predator, and you're like, you know, here's my other problem with it. And this is my own fault as a viewer, but, like, I can't tell the predators apart. So I feel like the first time I watched it, I was like, a predator is being attacked by a facehugger, but I don't know if it's predator A, B, or C. And so then, like, at the end, when the predator 
the dead predator has the new hybrid jump out of him. I was like, wait, when the hell did that happen? And then like, you know, I would, I was like, oh, this is predator a predator a is the one that was attacked by the face hugger. But like, there's nothing to distinguish them. They all look the same. And I mean, I, I kind of got it when he marked himself, but then I was also like, well, the other two are dead. So you're going to be the only one around. Right. No, that's true. That's true. Was he attacked before or after the other two died? I don't even remember. I think he was attacked before, but he, like, killed them and then marked himself after. Okay. Yeah. Uh, One of the coolest things that I saw, and kind of like what you were saying about distinguishing the uh, predators, is distinguishing the xenomorphs. I really dug how the, when he has his, like, razor wire netting on one... When you see it later, it's got all the cross hatches. Oh, that is cool. Yeah, I was like, I was like, that's a cool xenomorph. I enjoy that one. I'm gonna that's name good. it Nettie. That's good continuity. That's impressive, actually. Yeah, that they that's 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 one detail that I really appreciated. Yeah. Um, you oh gosh, you had said something and it made me think and then I forgot because that's the story of my life. Um Yeah, I can't remember. But if you could change this movie, how would you have made Alien vs. Predator? Let me think. Well, so, like, I would... I would remove Lance Henriksen. Like, I think it's okay to have a Wayland, but not the Wayland. Um, I like that setup. I like the setup of, like, eccentric billionaire trying to find this. But also, like... Or, like, I would like to know more, like, how did Wayland even know to look here? You know? Like, is this the... I, I don't know. Um, I would... I think the, the number of the cast is fine. I would maybe eliminate a few people at the beginning, just because you don't need them. Um, I would... I would have the Predator survive at the end. And then I think it'd be even worse when he, like, gets up on the spaceship and just ends up dying anyway because he's got a predator alien inside of him um it it would be a little bit more tragic yeah uh i would i would change some of the cgi like you know i would i just would okay not have it look look like that i mean but the the problem not problem but the thing about this movie is you you have to have human characters to move the story along but ultimately it's not about the humans and so i think that's tough from a narrative perspective, like how do you tell that story? Because you have to tell the story of two creatures who don't communicate through language and you can't just have fight scenes. Like you have to have something else driving the story. Um, And I think that that is a challenge. I completely disagree. I would remake this movie by having the Predators crash land on either the original alien planet or well I don't want to say the original alien planet but the that the planet what is it LT 487 429 LV 426 LV 426 I apparently did not remember anything from the first movie you have because it's a prequel, you have the Predators, like, crash land there, or maybe they're just going out on a hunting party. And then you have them fighting a planet full of xenomorphs, and essentially it's just a near-silent movie that you get the story based on growls and grunts from Predators or xenomorphs. Very similar to Wally. And his boops and his beeps. And it's just a Expendables type action movie where you don't really need a whole lot of plot. You just see really amazing explosions and death scenes. But but I understand what you're saying, but at the same time, like... This, this whole series, part of the reason why the whole series works is because people love Ripley, right? Like, you still have to have, like, 
a main character or a couple main characters that you love. And I think the problem is, is that if you have, I mean, Wally is a different situation. I think if you have a movie here where it's just like creatures fighting creatures and you're not going to have the opportunity to like build up any of the predators or aliens to the extent that you care about them, which I, under- I understand what you're saying, but you know what you're describing? A video game. Would also be pretty cool. However, I do think you could, you could raise, you could, you could make it so that you do connect with the Predators, at least on some level. Like, you have, I don't know, a scene where it's like one Predator is like passing something down to a younger Predator and you establish that they're, like, father and son, or at least there's some sort of relationship there, and then one of them dies, and the other one does, like, a predator-type, you know, I don't want to say a Wilhelm scream, but, like, a, no, You know? Um, But in predator language. I think you could convey relationship and get across emotion without using English. Or without using, um, I don't want to say verbal language, because I think grunts and stuff could be a verbal language. But, like, non-language communication. I'm not saying that you can't do it. I'm just saying it would be, I think it would be extremely hard in this type of movie. I'll take it on. If somebody gives me the money, I'll do it. All right. All right. Let's do that, then. (laughs) Um... Is there anything else about AVP? No. All right. Well, then let's move to a much, much sadder movie. Yes. Oh, God. Uh, This movie. So, uh, Requiem. Um, Okay. So, number one, I'm going to give some positives. We're going to talk positives. So, (laughs) they used very little CGI in this movie for the actual aliens and predators, which I thought was really cool. I I looked that up. Um, They're... They, they're prosthetics. So there's like a guy in the alien suits. There's the guy in the predator suit. Um, and I liked that. And I, I like the design of the aliens in this one. Not necessarily the predator alien hybrid. I don't know about that. But the regular aliens, I thought they looked good. Um, I really dig the end fight scene between the predator and the hybrid. Yes. Um, I thought that fight scene was awesome. Uh, that is about as good. <laughs> That's about all I can give this. Um, I, I, I thought that the hybrid looked pretty badass. Uh, for those who didn't watch Requiem, good for you. And it does take place immediately after Alien vs. Predator. Right. And so the, uh, hybrid bursts out of the Predator and basically, uh, kills the other Predators on board the ship, crashing the ship. Um, and then the Predator alien hybrid is loose on Earth in a small town with a lot of really stupid, annoying people. Yes. In fact, uh, one, my most reoccurring note on this movie is I would write down a character, and then just, like, after two seconds of meeting them, I would just be like, hope they die. Okay, why are there so many characters in this movie? That is, that's, that's mistake number one. There are, like, ten humans... I don't care about any of them. That's too many. Like I was, I was reading uh, the Wikipedia summary of this, and there was like one of the paragraphs is like, Katie, Kyle, Ricky, Bobby, so and so, so and so, and so and so, all meet up here, and I'm like, that's too many. Like yeah. by by the latter by the last half of the movie, you should be down to four people. Boom, done. You, you don't. And this, I, I just don't care. Why are we spending so much time on them? Why are we spending so much time on? Uh, uh, building these characters, it doesn't matter. Why is there a teenage romance built in there? It's stupid. Like, you you know why? Because this movie is an hour and a half long already. It's super short. And they were like, well, we got to put something in here. Oh, have some character development, I say with air quotes. It's true. It's true. Because, like, I think what they were trying to do is get you to care about some of these characters so that when they killed them, it like, meant something, but I was like, no, I'm glad all these fuckers are dying. Yeah, they were terrible. They were terrible. And, okay, so that's, that's number one. Uh, speaking of characters, 
I am confused about where all of these aliens came from. So I get that the hybrid comes down. I, somehow the hybrid also sets loose a couple face huggers because they kill the dad and his son in the woods. No, and okay. Then, I, so I got this. I figured this part out. Okay. In the Predator ship that was leaving Antarctica at AVP, um, the the face hugger, not the face hugger, I'm sorry, the hybrid gets out and then essentially proceeds to kill enough predators so that the ship crashes. Right. When the ship crashes, these predators had like 10 face huggers on, on their ship. Okay. And so then, like, when the ship crashed, they all got loose, and then they killed homeless people and that stupid kid who irritated <laughs> me and his dad. I was like, you guys are annoying. I'm glad you're dead. Um, and so that's kind of how so many got created. And then at some point, uh, one of the, I, I think it was the hybrid like, created, essentially became a face fucker and put, like... Yeah, I, I didn't like that. Yeah, it, it, it put, like, six embryos into already pregnant women. And, and what's the point of that? <laughs> yeah, I, I I couldn't figure it out. Oh, and the uh, another reason is uh, the the waitress... The one of the aliens impregnates her with six xenomorphs, so that's why there's so many. And how did that happen? Like, how do you, how does like one person have six? That doesn't make any sense. I agree, but that's why um, this movie is really bad and dumb. It is, yeah. So I didn't like that. All of a sudden, the hybrid can like uh, impregnate people, and also like, why are you impregnating pregnant women? Like, what's there's no point there, bro. Like, what I mean, are you doing? Maybe it needs extra womb. I don't know. Maybe it... I, it didn't I, make any sense. I didn't like it. I didn't like the movie. I didn't like any of the characters. I wanted everybody to die. Yes, I And too. unfortunately, only a majority of them did. Not all of them. Yeah. Um, I Yeah, I had problems with all of that. I had problems with, like, how stupid these people are. Well, well okay, first of all... I was also confused because we see, like, some of the kids, like, see the aliens, but nobody quite knows what this is. And then, like, all of a sudden, everyone's freaking out and calling the National Guard. And I'm like, what? Like, not to say this is a National Guard situation, but, like, you're relying on, like, a couple teenagers who are telling you there's, like, a thing in the pool. And, like, I know you have a guy skinned alive. By the way, who did that? Was that the hybrid that, that skinned it alive? That was the Predator. But why would that? why would the Predator skin a human alive? I don't know if it was skinned alive, but I think it was trying to set up, like, bait. Oh, okay, okay. That makes sense. So Because, because it, 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 a later point in the movie, it skinned an alien. Okay, that makes sense. Um, But yeah, so, so everybody's, like, freaking out, and everyone's like, we can't get out of town, we can't get out of town. Like, yeah, you can. Get your car and drive out of town. <laughs> like, it's not that hard, man. Well, and for such a small town, at some point later in the movie, there's a lot of traffic. Yes, yes. Like, all I, the roads are completely blocked, but they're trying to sell it as this super small town. It was really dumb. I do want to go back to this uh, waitress alien scene before yeah. you find out she dies. When they're trying to essentially recreate the Alien 3 scene. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where it's like sniffing her, and then you yeah. think it leaves her alone. I wrote very angrily on my paper. I wrote, Waitress, you are not my friend Sigourney Weaver. You are not spared, nor are you worthy of carrying alien spawn. <laughs> Kenny's very, very angry at this poor waitress. I was like, like, I was just angry. Like, this entire movie just made me angry because I was like, you have such a brilliant premise. Yeah, you could have, you know what? You know what else really irritated me? Well, besides everything. Uh, so we, <laughs> we we get these, like, ten characters, right? And we get backstories on some of them. 
And the backstories don't matter. Like we find out one of the guys is like a recently released felon. And one of the women is like recently come home from the military. And it's like, okay, does that mean she's going to be like badass? No, not really. What about the felon guy? Does that mean it's going to like come into the story somewhere? Nope, not at all. Mm -hmm. Great. Thanks, guys. It was definitely, they were definitely doing a lot of telling and didn't do any showing. No. It was ridiculous. So, yeah, it was just, I had so many questions. I was like, really? Like, one hybrid? There was, like, at the end of Alien vs. Predator, because it's the same ship, there's, like, 30 Predators! I know. I, that, well, yeah. There's 30 Predators on that ship. I know. I also, like, well, so... Why did they only send one Predator to come and clean up this mess? Like, if you're, like, the Predator, like, home planet... And you're like, oh, hey, like, our teenage predators, like, their ship just crashed on Earth. Like, shit's going down. Like, you said one guy. Um, fun fact, by the way, um, that predator's name is Wolf in the script. And it's a, a Pulp Fiction reference for the cleaner oh. from Pulp Fiction. Yeah. That's one good thing they did. That's one good thing they did. See, like, they're... I just don't know where... I just don't know where this went wrong. Like, it's just... Oh, and also, it's boring. I think yeah. I thought it was such a boring movie. Like it's you have aliens fighting in an alien predator hybrid, killing humans and fighting a predator, and it's one of the most boring movies I've ever seen. I struggled to yes. not reach for my phone. Oh, I was on my phone. <laughs> I I started watching this movie, I want to say Thursday night or Wednesday night, and I fell asleep about 30 <laughs> minutes in, 40 minutes in, and so I I had to just shut it off and, like, start this morning. So I watched it right before this podcast started. Oh, that's funny. I hope you didn't re-watch the 40 minutes you had already watched. Of course I did not do that. <laughs> so, uh, one of my... It, it, you make a good point. How do you take these two amazing killer species and make a dull movie? Right. Well, like, and part of it is because of the human element. Because you spend too much time on on these human characters that we don't care about. You don't make them interesting enough for us to care about. Instead of doing crap with the with the creatures. Yeah. I was super upset because this... There were so many moral issues I had with the humans in this movie. Oh, and, the, and like, obviously the people who wrote and put... Made the humans do these things. First, when the kid and his dad are hunting... That is a very young deer they're about to kill. That's your issue? That's one of my issues. Like, <laughs> okay. Like, there's no sense in killing that deer. It is rude, and I'm pretty sure it's against the law. Second, these kids are supposed to be in high school. Yes. Because they're talking about class and how they have to go and all this other stuff. And then... You grossly sexualize a teenager by having her stripped down to her bra and panties while breaking into the high school. Which is totally unnecessary. Yeah. And then, her, like, that, that entire scene is, well, her stripping down is, in, is entirely unnecessary. The, the pool scene where the xenomorph kills a bunch of kids. Yeah, okay, cool, I get it. But then also, it, just to be lazy, the guy who plays Ricky, like... In one scene, they have him putting a shirt on, and he's got all these tattoos. Oh, I didn't even notice that. <laughs> I didn't. I was, I was like, "You're in high school. You don't have tattoos." That's hilarious. No, I didn't even notice that. That's a good. Well, of course, like they're in quote unquote high school. They're probably like 27 in real life. Well, yeah, but it's okay. That's but I get why. What you're that's why you put that kid in a makeup chair. And you cover up the tattoos. Or, guess what? You have him in that scene, but with a fucking shirt on. <laughs> I Yeah. Just minor changes, guys. Minor changes. No, I would remake this entire goddamn movie. Oh, well, I mean, yes. But I'm saying, like, you, you could have made it a decent movie with minor changes. Like, you could even take, like, the same plot and just, you know, like... This is what you this is what you do. This is what I think you do. You eliminate the teenagers entirely. You focus entirely on the mom that just got back from the military. You make her more of a badass. Fine, her husband dies. Maybe her kid should die too because kids are terrible and we don't want to drag one of them around. Um 
so you focus on her. Maybe she teams up with like local law enforcement. So maybe you have like three main characters and then you can have like a couple people from the national guard. You need to spend more time, like focusing, like make them like also bad guys. Like part of the reason that like what always works in the previous alien series is there's always the creature threat, but there's also the human threat. So like you have to also establish like the national guard is also a bad guy. So these people are also a threat to our heroes by the way, you have to actually make the people, the humans, heroes. You can't just have them be filler positions. Um, and focus, like, fewer scenes with the humans and just more scenes with the aliens and predators. Agreed. See, now, if I was remaking this movie, again, I you, you can pick it up right after Alien vs. Predator, but the entire movie takes place on the ship. That would be great. And you essentially, even, okay, bring the chick from from the first one. Like, have her be, she can be the new Ripley. Like, by the end of the movie, I actually cared about her. Bring her on the ship because they're like, oh, you're a badass warrior. We're going to bring you in and we're going to, like, train you and shit. So, do that. Or at least offer to give her a ride back to civilization. <laughs> and then... Hey, girl, you need a ride? <laughs> right? And then when the hybrid breaks out of breaks out of Predator Guy, you essentially... I don't want to say remake, but you have a alien movie, like the first alien movie, but on a Predator ship. Right. I mean, I think, like, you know... I would watch that movie. I think part of what they wanted to do here was like, they've always wanted to bring the aliens to earth. So I understand this concept of like putting the aliens on our planet because like, that's the ultimate threat. Right. But you have to do it better. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I was irritated. I think, I think the alien on the ship would have been much, much, much better. And I also don't see how one, xenomorph even a xenomorph hybrid kills a predator battleship well so i don't know i don't remember this was like obviously i watched this a few days ago so i I can't remember exactly but like do we does he actually kill like all 30 predators or does he just kill like the person in the control room and then the ship crashes uh i mean i'm assuming it could be the latter Mm -hmm. but in that case I still think there would have been a couple more survivors. Well, yeah, I think that's that's another thing that I would do to change this movie with the existing plot is I would add more predators. Yeah, like, you you don't need a predator coming from the predator homeworld. Right. You just yeah. You just need a few survivors from the ship. Like, let's say you have three to start with, and then like a couple of them can die along the way, and then you have an escalating threat too, because like you're you're cheering for the predators because the predators are the only people that can save humanity, because they're the only people that can really kill this thing. So as the predators die, you as the viewer are thinking like, oh shit, what's going to happen? Because like there's only one predator left. Whereas in this movie, there's only one predator to start, and so you're like, well, I know he's going to make it to the end. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I just think this is this podcast is evidence that you and I need to be in charge of everything. I agree. I agree. I think we could write a great Alien versus Predator movie. I think we should. <laughs> I think that'd be awesome. Let's do it. We just need funding. We don't need funding to write. Well, right, but then well, once we write it to get it, you know. Oh yeah. Actually- yeah, that's not a problem. I can do that. You can get us money? Great. Oh, the look on Kenny's face right now. <laughs> uh, you're, you're in L.A. Don't you have some producer friends? Um, I actually, I mean, I okay. If this were to actually happen, I think I would be in a better position to find a path to funding than most people. Like, the podcast, I've made some friends of cool people, and I'm sure I could be like, hey, suggestion on where to start with funding. Then they could point me in the right direction. Uh, And so, yeah, I think that is a possibility, but also I would need to have a script first because to show people proof of concept. 
True. But I think the where we're going to run into arguments is that I would want to have people in the Alien versus Predator movie. And you don't. Well, I can also bend on that because in our relationship, I'm the talker and you're the writer. That's true. <laughs> um, let's, okay, so I, I'm, I'm pretty much done with AVPR. I got nothing yep. else to say about it. Me too. Uh, I did want to chat with you a little bit, um, and you might have already seen the article on my Facebook, but just to ask you a question, um, when is the Wonder Woman movie coming out? Uh, June 2nd is its formal release date, which is Friday, uh, a Friday, but of course it will be in theaters that Thursday evening. Did you know that prior to this week? Yes. Okay. Why? So I I consider myself a fairly in-the-know nerd. I still thought the Wonder Woman movie was coming out in, like, August. So, well, I will say, like, Wonder Woman is my most anticipated movie this summer, other than Alien Covenant. So I have been on top of that for a while. Okay. Okay. But, it's... But I, I don't know when, like, like I don't know when Spider-Man's coming out. I don't know when anything July else July 7th. See? See, you got your, you have your thing, I have my thing. But, I, yeah, I just, I just think, I posted an article on Facebook that DC is not putting, well, Warner Brothers is not putting any money into marketing behind Wonder Woman. Oh, interesting. Okay. And I'm, I'm pretty sure they're setting it up for failure. Like, and they're going to use this as evidence that, that a female-led superhero movie can't work. And I'm like, no, if you had done half the stuff to Wonder Woman that you were doing for Suicide Squad. Yeah. Like, it's just DC and Warner Brothers cannot do anything right when it comes to their movies. That is very true. That is very true. It's so Uh miserable. Uh, this is kind of taking a turn, but I, uh, another issue I have, this is not Warner Brothers or DC, but, um, you know, the, you know, there's a movie coming out this summer based on Stephen King's, uh, book, The Dark Tower, right? Yeah. With Idris Elba. Yeah. Yeah. It comes out in August. There's been no trailer. There's been no footage released to the public. Like guys, it's, it's, it's May tomorrow. By the time people are listening to this, it's May. You have three months to promote this movie. We have a poster. We have some set photos. That's it. It's really, it's really irritating me actually. Cause like, I, I, I don't know if it's like the same thing, like setting up for failure. Like this should be like a sprawling series. Like there are seven books in the series and I'm super excited for this movie, but no one else can be because they don't know anything about it. Like it is coming out in September and we already have footage and a trailer from that movie. And we got that like two months ago. But nothing for the Dark Tower. Yeah. Well, according to the internet, the trailer is supposed to come this week. Well, it better. <laughs> I'm very... Oh, maybe it'll be before Guardians. Are you going to go see Guardians this weekend, Kenny? I am. I already have my uh, ticket for the screening at El Capitan. Oh. And it was a very expensive ticket. But it includes a popcorn, a soda, uh, a double feature, the first oh, movie, nice. and then the second movie, and a limited edition comic book. That's awesome. Yeah, are you going on Thursday or Friday? Thursday. Okay, I'm going on Friday. Okay, maybe um, maybe we'll have, we might have to include a Guardians conversation in with Prometheus. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, while we're talking about current events, how stoked are you that Jeff Goldblum is going to be in the next Jurassic World movie? Uh, amazing. I'm very stoked. I'm very stoked about that. Mostly because he should be in every Jurassic Park movie. He should be in everything always. I'm... 11-year-old Rachel is very happy about this. <laughs> I kind of thought they were setting up for that because his book made some... can't Like, uh, Ian Malcolm's book made some cameos in Jurassic World. Oh, I didn't even notice that. I'll have to go back. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Jeff Goldblum and Chris Pratt are going to be in a movie together. That's amazing. (laughs) You are very excited about this. I love Jeff Goldblum. 
Speaking of things we love and things we're excited about, one last piece of current events. Um, Tremors 6 is going to be coming out soon. So, a question for you. Have you actually seen Tremors 3 through 5? And the TV show? No, I have not. I have seen parts of 3, and I have seen parts of whichever one was the flashback. I think that was 4, Back to Perfection. And then there was was also a TV series. It sounds like we might have to do another podcast for the Tremors movies. Because the original Tremors is a classic. Yes. And I still can't believe that in all of this, and in this day and age, you can't get Kevin Bacon to show up again. Yeah, what is he doing? He's not doing anything. Yeah, like, like, him and Fred Ward need to show up for Tremors 6. That'd be amazing. You know, maybe maybe they will now. Does it have, like, a legit like, director and screenwriter associated with it? No. It is more than... (laughs) It is more than likely going to be a direct-to-Netflix. And I'm not saying that as in it's going to be a Netflix original. I'm saying it's going to be a... Like, the modern-day equivalent of direct-to-DVD. I see. I see. Well, that's unfortunate. Uh, If anyone out there is listening from an actual legit production company, please go pick this up. (laughs) So, maybe we can get... Kevin Bacon back. Yes. And I just want to say, Tremors 2 is also incredibly underrated, especially that it's got uh, Chris Garten in it, and he is just brilliant. Tremors 2 was not bad. But so that's, I haven't seen any other ones. I, I just saw the first two. Yeah, those are the two that I can remember. Yeah. But, yeah. um... I don't know if we can call it a countdown to Tremors. We might have to call it, like, timeline to Tremors. We'll think of something catchy. Yes, we will. Um, and see, now I'm just trying to think of ones, and I can't. I can't think of any on, on the uh, on the fly. But um, other, any, other than that, anything else, Rach? Anything else you want to talk about? Uh, no. So, um, we're recording this on Sunday, April 30th. Uh, tonight, American Gods starts on Stars. Um, we'll do be doing our recaps on Tuesday. Um, Twin Peaks is back in three weeks, guys. So if you haven't started your rewatch yet, you need to do that now. So you can get in all 30 episodes of the old series before the new one comes out. Um, we'll be doing recaps for that as well. And we're not doing recaps, but everyone should go watch The Handmaid's Tale on Hulu because it's scary and very well done. Okay, good to know. Uh, And on that note, the only thing I have is tonight is WWE Payback, which I'm very excited about. (laughs) Other than that, I'm going to go have breakfast. All right. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. We will catch you back uh, one week from today with Prometheus. Work out, nerd out. Thank you for listening to the Dumbbells and Dragons podcast. Please leave us a review on iTunes as well as a rating. We would definitely appreciate it. And while you're at it, follow us on all social media at Dumbbells Dragon. That includes Pinterest, Tumblr, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Periscope, and Snapchat. Until next time, work out, nerd out.